The term zero emission vehicles is bandied around a lot, and I think it's where you put your boundaries on the system as to what you mean by zero emission. So you've got zero emission vehicles at point of use. In other words, they don't chuck out any carbon or they don't chuck out any nasty emissions at the point of use. So that's often a phrase used for battery electric vehicles and is said of hydrogen electric vehicles. But of course, the key thing there is what are the emissions used in actually manufacturing these fuels? The emissions are actually further upstream. And it depends on how you decarbonize that that manufacturing method. If you're just simply getting your electricity from coal-produced power stations, you're actually producing more emissions than if you're running the vehicles on petrol. The first system to look at is the fuel life cycle. So you actually look at the fuel life cycle. Well to wheel has been the phrase used, or wind turbine to wheel might be a better phrase to use. But then you need to look at the vehicle as well. Now, a characteristic of low-carbon vehicles is they tend to have a lot of energy-intensive kit on board. You've got the batteries, which are very energy-intensive to manufacture, fuel cells. You've got actually quite a lot of equipment on board the vehicles that used a lot of energy to manufacture them in the first place and used a lot of energy to maintain them. So a characteristic of low-carbon vehicles is they tend to be more energy-intensive to manufacture and perhaps to dispose of at the end, even though energy use is lower and carbon emissions are lower in the use phase. And then thirdly, the infrastructure system, you know, the system to support the vehicles. You don't just have vehicles, you don't have fuel, you have the roads to run them on, you have the traffic lights, you have the control systems. Now, they may vary according to the fuel. Okay, whatever fuel you're using, you need to have roads, so that will be there as well. But you need to decarbonize your infrastructure system. And this can be quite important for fuel supply, because if you're looking towards electric and hydrogen fuel supply systems, then there may be a lot of energy intensity in putting that infrastructure into place. So talking about zero emissions, I think it's important to look at those four levels, moving from the point of use, moving to the fuel life cycle, the vehicle life cycle, and then the infrastructure life cycle. And only when you look at the whole of that can you actually come to a judgment as to the carbon emissions that are involved. There is one other thing to add, though, is that Actually, we often talk about zero emissions, but zero, I think, is, when you look at those wider definitions, is unrealistic and is not actually necessary. We need to radically reduce carbon. We need to not entirely decarbonize, but we need to radically reduce carbon in our transport systems. And the figure being presented is between 60 and up to 80% reduction. It's not to eliminate CO2 altogether. And the CO2 targets accept that there is a safe level of artificial carbon emission. That's important because squeezing out the last 10 or 20 percent of carbon from any system is the hardest, is technically probably almost impossible, and is incredibly costly. So let's not try to go to that sort of utterly purest level. The important thing is to get that 60 to 80% cut, which is 
fundable. It might be expensive, but it is fundable. But that final 20% is probably unrealistic and really financially unfeasible to move to that level. And we probably don't need to go to that point. The Open University. For more information, go to www.open.edu forward slash iTunes U.